This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions and publish selected episodes to share our know-how and experience with you. Uh, Lightning Network. Uh, Lightning Network has many different aspects and, and today I'm going to talk about mostly topology, liquidity management. So I'm, I'm going to, I, I don't think that I can completely disregard the technological aspects, but I, I will try to keep it as minimal as possible. So Lightning Network in general is a, the, the smallest building block of the Lightning Network is the bidirectional payment channel. So I can have, you can have a payment channel between Alex and Piro and a channel between Piro and Alessandro and between Alessandro and uh, Jörg. And then Alex can pay Jörg uh, via the other ones. That's how it feels like when you do it. It works by Jörg creating an invoice. So creating a, a QR code essentially that encodes where to send the coins, how many coins to send. He presents that to Alex and Alex scans that, says, yes, I want to say that. And then, then, then magic happens. But we have to, to talk a bit about the magic that happens because you have the channels. Each of the individual channels have two main or two important properties as the capacity. So what is the, the maximum amount? Or what's the amount of funds that's actually being stored in the channel? And uh, what is the current allocation? So how much of the funds uh, in the channel is currently with Alex and how much of that fund is currently with Piro. Right, so you can imagine that as kind of the thickness of the slider and then the slider is kind of more at Alex's side or more at Piro's side. So if, if you want to pay through that route that I just mentioned uh, and you want to pay say one Bitcoin because everybody's greedy here, um, then you, you, have to make, you have to find a route through the Lightning Network that will allow that. So where the capacity and uh, the sending balance of all those uh, channels is sufficient to route that money. So it's, it's essentially not really that money is traveling from Alex to Jörg. It's more that money is being reallocated in several channels such that every node, so that Piro has before the sending and after the sending as much, same amount of money, minus fees, I'll come to that in a second, but same amount of money, just that the money is allocated uh, differently um, among the channels that Piro has. Okay. Each of the peers can take a cut during the transfer. That's actually the only place where this is different than on-chain or where one of the few places where you have a relative fee. In Bitcoin on-chain, uh, you pay for the space that you use up on the blockchain. That's not the case in, in Lightning Network. In Lightning Network, you essentially pay for the for the liquidity that you use up. So, I mean, um, I'll come to that in more detail in a second, but uh, let's say if you, um, if Piro wants to position himself in a way that as many um, transactions as possible route through him, then it might be, not sure if that's the best option, but might be incentivized to have all his channels that he has opened at, at 50%, right? So that, uh, that money can flow in one direction and, or the, other, and the other direction, so that, that there is some flexibility there. So what you essentially pay Piro for if you route a payment through him is so that he is willing to move the sliders out of the equilibrium. Uh, you, you pay him for moving it away from there, for making it less likely that he will be able to, to fulfill the next payment request. Uh, so what you pay him for is like proportional to the amount that you want to send. Only for the same direction, right? My chance to get the other direction is bigger. Yes, and that's, I'll come to that. Uh, this is why I said it's that you read quite often that the best position is that all your channels are 50%. I don't actually agree with that. 
think it might make sense to have some channels 100% on one direction and some channels 100% on the other direction so that you can, can route a larger amount through your channels. But it's, it's very detailed analysis that you have to make there. So then essentially, uh, when, when, when Jörg um, produces his invoice, then it's Alex's task to find the best route uh, that he wants to take to Jörg. So, and that, that might be like the, the compromise between being cheap and doing maybe additional hops for better anonymization. May yeah. I ask something? I'm not sure, sure if I get this produce, produce an invoice. What exactly do you mean with that? What does it look like? Well, I could go into that, but then it quickly gets, gets fairly technical. So the, the invoice is essentially, the, the real world analog would be if I want to order something at Digitech, then I tell them, hey, I want to give you hundred bucks. Then they give me, an invoice that tells me what are the payment instructions and it's the same thing. Essentially, it's really the same thing. Uh, from, a, from a tech perspective, uh, this thing includes a hash of a secret of which the secret only year keeps and he releases that secret throughout the complete chain through the Lightning Network. Uh, once he's sure that by doing so, he will get the funds so that all of the payments from each of these hops are released at the same time. Well, that's, that's really getting into technical details, which I really intentionally do not want to do today. It's why, payment instructions. Why do we have transaction fees at all? Um, because why not? I guess one of the... Nobody would participate, basically, if you don't earn anything. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, there, there is some ideological difference. Uh, there is Alex Bosworth, for example, who does a lot of uh, very nuanced reports, or I'm not quite sure if Twitter tweets, qualifies reports, but a lot of high quality information about how to position your node in order to get the best out of that. And then give some glimpses on how much you might be able to make, and it's about 1% maybe uh, on top of your Bitcoin, uh, which actually is, is, is quite decent, right? Because it's, uh, it's the closest that you get to something like a, a risk-free interest rate. Right? And we did a report about that actually we were not the first ones. This is an, an, an active topic. Uh, how do you, and th this having such a thing, even if it is only 1%, is a, is a pointer in a direction for how does option pricing actually work for Bitcoin? You need a reference rate for that. And having this lightning reference rate might be something of that type because uh, there are, of course, risks. And I will talk about those risks for running a, a routing lightning node. But those are all risks that are completely within your operational setup. You don't have counterparty risk. How is the sender choosing the path that it goes? Arbitrarily, I'm not quite sure what the implementations, the major ones are, Lightning, uh, C-Lightning and L&D, what they choose in particular. I would guess, if, I think if, if I would implement something, I would probably implement the cheapest of those that are at least five hops or at least oh. X hops so that I have some dynamization in between, um, but among those choose the cheapest one. Actually, when I execute transactions, um, then it's it always depending on the wallet that you use. But if I do it in LND, like on the command line, uh, it shows me which part it actually takes. And sometimes that's just three hops or two. So tip is probably not, not that. Probably it's more even optimized for how cheap it um, should be. But um, it's arbitrary for the sender what he wants to do that. So why do we have fees? So we have that really trying to get an interest rate out of the lightning that you commit to your node to, to make it economical to run that node. Uh, and then there are people like, for example, Christian Decker, who makes the point that uh, you should run a node just so that you have a node, so that you can make and receive payments 
and there is no additional cost for you involved to also route payments. So, so why not? I think the truth is somewhere in between. I run a Lightning node. I am happy every time I see that I routed some, something uh, with the fees that I got in the last six months is eight Satoshi. Right. Plus what I will come to in a second, but let's, that's, um, that's then the interesting part. So it, it's not really, I mean, it, it does not even cover the fees for opening and closing channels. Uh, what is your motivation to run the node state? My main motivation actually is, is that I want to see how much happens on the network. I want to see how much I will route, how maybe what I route depends on the setup of my channels. Uh, if I should, if I get like many small transfers or if I get very few large transfers, which would teach me, teach me something about how I should balance my, my, my channels in an ideal situation. So a lot about, about that. I think that's just interesting to see how that's being utilized. And I only get that insight because Lightning Network is very, very local. So there is no website that's able to give you that information. You can only get that information from your own node. And then it's also only those things that were routed via your own node. So you, you only get a very small snapshot of of what's happening. But that gets us uh, nicely transitioned into the next question, how should I maybe position myself? So if I, if I sit at home and say, hey, today I start a Lightning node, then you do have a problem because you, you, you have your Bitcoin node, you start your Lightning node, you open a channel. Uh, I open a channel to Magdalena, for example. Then what? Where do you find, uh, where do you find Magdalena? Which channels have been created is kind of public information. Just take the you see the sizes or do you just try to take random ones and then once you connect you see how good it is how, how much capacity it is you also know the the capacity you do not know where the slider currently is um, but you, you know the capacity and there's also the peer-to-peer -peer, the gossiping protocol um, of lightning where um, like updates in the in the notes are communicated uh, and where also um, you publish updated information on what your fees are that you want to have in order to route payments. We know there are some caveats there. Famous providers like company like Coinbase doing it or somebody like <laughs> BitMEX is doing it, but they are doing it mostly for research. There are this, the, I mean, if you, if you take the mobile wallet Eclair is the one that I use on my mobile uh, that has three buttons for scan a node URI in order to create a channel, paste the node URI and open a channel to async. Async is the company producing Eclair, so they are certainly one which has a lot of, of channels. Uh, there is BitRefill or Blockstream, those are just um, shops. I remember which, once you showed in a session these uh, yeah. that we were somehow assigning companies, but I didn't remember. Yes, the, there, are, there are very fancy graphs that you, can, that you can do there for the connectivity. There is BitRefill and, uh, and Blockstream that, that are shops, so they have an, an, it might be beneficial for me to open a channel to them, for example, if I want to make others route through me if they want to pay them. Or there is uh, Rompard. Rompard is, is a very fun one because he's the source of the most famous Rexplorer, so the, the most famous visualizations. And his goal is to, uh, to have a very good overview of what's happening in the network. And for that, he opens like thousands of very small channels uh, to just get the most communication out. So he's, he's like, if you, if you only do go by, by channels, he's usually like right in the center of everything, but not much gets probably routed because all of them are tiny. There is Ellen Big, which is just somebody who did not put a lot of effort into, got a lot of critique also for not putting a lot of effort into positioning himself well. He just opened like huge channels, maximum allowed channels, 
to almost everybody and put huge amounts of money on the table, uh, which, which is fair enough. But it will, um, I mean, he, he then has the problem that I also wanted to come to. If I now open a channel to Maggie, Maggie cannot pay me, right? Nobody of you can pay me if I open a channel to Maggie. Because at that point in time, I only have outbound liquidity. I don't have any inbound liquidity. I funded the channel. So there is a channel, but this slider is with me. So I can only uh, send funds. I cannot receive any funds. So I just wanted to say that also Bitfinex and other exchanges also you can do withdraw and deposits using Magic as well. Some of them are native. I guess the best is to be between two large kind of companies, right? And having some connections. Yeah, but likely those two large companies have a direct link anyways already. And uh, everybody thinks that. So uh, there are like a hundred between those oh, two. So I guess the, the best one that you can do is if you see a new shop popping up, oh. like something that generates actual interest, try to be the last hop before that. That's a good idea. Or if you have some, somebody where you know that, hey, he, uh, he will make a lot of transfers, be the first hop of that person, right? So uh, be at places where there are not many alternatives to you. Which is why this, this business model of async is, is like genius, right? They are, they are probably, they, they give you the option to also open to somebody else, but they are likely the first, because it's the easiest option, the first hop of, of like everybody and they make money on that. Right? What else I should, if I, I mean, you, you asked how I, how I choose that, uh, if I don't know some, if I don't know a new shop, then there are of course like 1ML is an example of, uh, of a website that, that lists all the channels, all the nodes, uh, and where I can sort by how many channels uh, do, do, do those things have, um, how, many, how much capacity do you have, can, can really list that. And I want to connect to somebody who himself has outgoing capacity. Worst case would be that five of us all connect to Maggie, then we are like um, on the network, it looks like we connected to, we are all connected to each other, but Maggie doesn't have any outbound capacity. She only has inbound capacity. So uh, I don't want to end up in such a situation. So um, you can, it's, it's a bit difficult, but sometimes you can, by just looking at public information, um, get an idea on how much inbound capacity, net inbound capacity somebody has and how much net outbound capacity somebody has. For example, if you look at, like, I'm as stupid as everybody else in this network, if I open a channel, um, there is a fixed amount. I always use the, the same amount for all the channels that I have. So um, if you look at a pistol and see, hey, uh, Levin's node has uh, seven times the same, same capacity, and then three that are different, then those seven are likely outbound by me, and the three other ones are inbound. Somebody else created those. So I can roughly calculate how much outbound, net outbound capacity, how much net inbound capacity do I have. And you want to connect to somebody who has decent outbound capacity. Probably connect to somebody who is even in outbound and inbound capacity. At the same time, if uh, it would probably not make sense to create a, a channel of 10 Bitcoin to a ROMPOT, who has a lot of thousands of, of outbound tiny channels, because the, the biggest transaction that I'm going to be able to, to route through that is limited by his outbound individual channel capacity. And that, that's pro hopefully also clear. This will change a bit uh, very, very soon. Uh, experiments are already successfully underway uh, with something called atomic multipath payment, where if you do not have enough capacities to send from A to B, 
uh, through one channel, then you do partial payment through multiple channels, uh, and all of that settles in one go, or it does not settle. You have a mean of communicating with other people, some of your channel partners? Yes, there is the gossiping protocol in the Lightning Network, which broadcasts public information. Well, it's, it's, it's a chat between computers, not a chat between humans. Yes, but somebody could never request something like, let's increase our line, basically. Because maybe you would say, I'm having a, I don't know, X capacity <clears throat> outgoing, and this guy is, and maybe you have to do the same guy, uh, ingoing and outgoing. Yes. Um, and then you would maybe try to match it, so. There, there is a, uh, in the Unless you always have one side of flow, which might not happen. Even if you have one-sided flow, you don't really, you, sometimes you need to rebalance the other direction. Right? Uh, there are bolts. Bolt is kind of the lightning equivalent to a BIP. So what does it stand for, Bolt? Kind of improvement proposals for lightning. It's some abbreviation for something, which, which, which describe cooperative opening of channels. So that, I, I, that if I open to Maggie, uh, it doesn't start with 100% with me but it starts kind of in the middle and we put, both put money in. Uh, but it's, it's very rarely used. And there are actually services where you can buy inbound capacity. There are some, some things which just say, okay, if you open a channel to me, which, which have their website writing, if you open a channel to me, I'll automatically also open a channel to you, which gets you some initial um, capacity to start with. Uh, or there are services by Bitrefill, I forgot what it was called. It had some fancy name, naming conventions are funny and lightning, uh, where you could pay them with on-chain Bitcoin in order for them to open a channel to you so that you also have a head start with inbound capacity. And they guarantee that it stays there for a month. And after a month, they might or might not close it, depending if they get fees from having that open with you. And I mean, I, I probably already gave something away by say, telling you that I had, had like eight Satoshi fees in addition to what I'm going to tell about next. I do this like I log into my nodes once every two, three weeks to, to have a look at the status, maybe open another channel or close one. Uh, but if you really want to position yourself well, uh, then you need to spend more time than that. So I, I have a node at home and I have a, a lightning wallet on my mobile, which essentially is also kind of a node. There is something that I'm also not going to talk too much um, about, but there, there is slashing or rather it's called a penalty transaction in lightning. So if I have a channel open with Maggie for a month and goes back and forth, back and forth, after some time, uh, I say, okay, let's close that. I want to settle that on chain. Then uh, the best way is cooperatively. So I just tell her, I'd like to close this channel. We agree what the current status is. Both of us sign the transaction that gives us the respective funds. Done. If she is now not available um, or if, if she disagrees with what I say, uh, then there is the possibility to broadcast the last transaction. So every time that, uh, that the balance in our channel changes, uh, one of us signs a transaction to, with the updated one and gives it to the other. So there is a partially signed transaction for everything. So I could just take the last valid transaction that she signed, sign that as well, broadcast it to the chain. What prevents me from doing so maliciously? I could, if I just, just based on what I told you, I could, I'll just choose a two-week-old transaction where I happened to have most of the funds and she happened to have none, get that out from the drawer where it's long lost and broadcast that. What prevents me from doing so is the, is the penalty transaction, right? With every update, 
the, the old one is no longer valid or it's, it's valid on-chain transaction. But in the moment when I promised her, hey, Maggie, I will never broadcast that transaction, I underlaid that promise by telling her a secret that she can use to take those funds from me if I ever broadcast it. And then she takes all the funds, right? which, which, is, which is just to make sure that this never happens. This is actually very smart, but uh, on, on first glance, but it does have problems, which is also why Christian Decker is working on things like L2, which makes it easy. I don't want to go there, but it's, it's another way of, of preventing these penalty transactions and still guaranteeing that the last state is being broadcast. Uh, because one problem that we have there is, um, is backups, right? If I say I, my, my computer dies and the only backup that I have is a day old, but I cannot broadcast that one day old transaction uh, because doing so would allow her to steal everything from me, then we are really at a, at a messed up situation. Uh, I did not want such a situation on my mobile. Right? On my mobile, I'm, I, I don't trust my mobile. I take that everywhere. There might be, I might spill water over it and it might die. I don't want to end up in a situation there. But my node, that I operate fairly well. I have like, more or less live syncing of all informations to the second location. Uh, there I'm, I'm mostly confident. Because of that, I just decided, okay, from my mobile, I open one channel so that I can actually send and receive funds. But I open that channel to my node at home. And if I ever have problems with my mobile, worst case that can happen is that I slash myself, right? That both of that is me. I thought that was like, reasonably smart. But at the same time, it opened uh, the opportunity for me to scam my colleagues. Uh, sorry for the clickbaity uh, title of this episode, but it turned out that the turnout is better that way. I will try to keep it. Um, <laughs> so how did I do that? We up in the, in the second floor, we, we just sometimes get lunch for each other or we, 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 we just pay each other, like more or less frequently. And in, in terms of when we did, the, we, we paid, we, we settled that with Bitcoin, right? We settled that with on-chain Bitcoin. Then we, we mostly had a, had a tab. And if that tab goes in one direction or the other by 100 bucks, then we settle this. Since we use Lightning, we settle multiple times a day, potentially, back and forth, one direction or the other. By being the node in front of my mobile, I can just uh, set a fee for that particular forward. The, the, the rule is each node does not get any fee by incoming funds, but it does so by outgoing funds. And actually, you, of course, it doesn't make sense to pay yourself. So there is the, the ones that you route from an input to an output. You, uh, you make money on the output leg, not on the input leg. Uh, that's just a simplification way where everybody assumed that this will be mostly fine. But if I, uh, I can use that now to tell Alex, hey, here is my invoice. Please tell me two bucks. And we might just be sending back and forth 10 bucks several times a day. And every time that I send to him, that's cheap. It's like one Satoshi fee. And every time that he pays to me, I scalp 1%. And that does add up over the day. <laughs> my, my original plan when we, when we talked about buying the coffee machine and, and paying that, uh, that coffee machine with, with lightning was also kind of similar. Because what I told you in the beginning is you should look for new merchants and open the node to those new merchants. Like being the last hop in front of new merchants is also very lucrative. So I could have scalped like 1% for every coffee that anybody no, no, in the no, company. No, 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 no. We wouldn't have set up it, wouldn't have set it up this way. Uh, what, okay. What would you have done against it? No, our company as the coffee machine operator 
obviously would then also run a lightning node, which not you alone control. And we would open up several channels so it doesn't just go through one node and always the same. Okay. I mean, it's, a, it's, an, it's an open network. So you can, you can operate your own lightning node and open from that lightning node a channel to the coffee machine. Yes. But you cannot prevent me from also doing that. No, but if, if, we have, if the coffee machine lightning node has five channels open and yours is the most expensive, then nobody will route through yours. Sure. I would make sure that my channels are rebalanced. Would you do the same? Obviously, I would see with whom I connect. And okay. I, okay. If, if you open a one, if you're from the company channel, open a one Bitcoin channel to the coffee machine. And then people pay, people pay, people pay. Then there is um, like the, the coffee machine is saturated. Yes, that's why like depending, I don't know how much coffee we drink actually, how much payments there were, but like in a set interval, you would um, readjust that, right? Okay, very well. If you would literally do all those things, I would not be able to, to front you on that. But I, I highly doubt that you will do that. And actually, I did make these points and also to tell you, like, what is the positioning logic in the Lightning Network? How should you set it up? Right. That's it, everybody. Anybody have any questions? Yes. What is it? So now in the case that, that from your mobile, you connect to your node at home, how can I circumvent that if we do a pizza deal? You can't because it's the only connection that well, I, Levin will only give you the one from his mobile phone, which means that you have to go through this. And no, but if, with the invoicing, you cannot decide where the route goes, right? Well, if there is only one channel from my mobile to something else, then all payments, no matter what route they take before my node at home, all of them have to go through that one channel. I do not advertise my mobile wallet. Through, through the gossiping protocol or anywhere. So, <laughs> but if I send you something, shouldn't I know which? Yes, you need to know which route to take. It's part of the invoicing data. So that by seeing an invoice to me, you see also like a recommended route. It's not as straightforward as, as seeing, okay, I know that this is Levin's note, note at home. By the way, it's called Quiet NAND. Feel free to open channels there. But, and then just look at, okay, where do payments typically go? That's then likely is mobile. That's not how Lightning works. You don't, you don't have that as public information. There is no way to prevent you from paying that fee to my node at home, unless of course you take your wallet serious because your wallet will typically, when you, when you sit there and hit approve, will tell you what the fee is and you can say yes or no. But you do not know how much of that fee goes to me. Of course, your wallet could know that information, how much is on the second, on the last hop, but no, no wallet will show you that information in that detail. Do you have the chance to decline a channel? If I, let's say, I open up a channel with your mobile phone now, which I probably won't do, who knows? But, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. But uh, let's assume I want to do that. Will you be able, so you might not know it's me, but are you generally able to decline a channel or do but, you have to accept all channels? I could write my own wallet software that would do that, yes. I'm not really incentivized to do that. How does a website like 1ML know the information about the existing nodes? Like, is it directly broadcasted there or do, I, do they have to go and collect this information? By looking at the, at the gossiping protocol in Lightning Network, like the, the complete network topology is public information. 
uh, every node has that. And if I, there is a command in LND which, which just gives me a JSON output of all the channels that exist. Uh, which essentially is what what they prettify on this website. Even in a situation where the transaction is not like written to the blockchain, where just you and me did one channel and one transaction, they still would have the information that there is this channel. Or yeah, also there I have to do this caveat because um, I do not quite understand how these private channels work. Because the the channel from my mobile to my node at home um, does not appear in one ML. Um, this is not public information and it, it apparently doesn't have to be. Uh, but in general, like most of the channels that, at least all the advertising channels, right? Channels that go out and say, hey, here I am, please route through me. Uh, at least all those channels are, um, are public information. So when I did lightning transactions, I actually never ever looked at the fees. <laughs> but theoretically, if you have a fee estimation before you, press the approve button have you ever checked how many times this corresponds to what's what afterwards actually happens because if the route times out or blah blah, blah or the wallet has to find a different route fees change right we do that lunch thing every day. the fee estimate that my wallet gives me on a daily basis and the fees that i actually pay correspond pretty much to the lower end nearly every day the upper bound that the wallet gives me was only used once when, when you transferred to Levy. When my, when, my, <laughs> when my dear colleague tried to scam me and the wallet rejected this payment because it noticed the last hop is so expensive that it's unreasonable to do this and uh, <laughs> it just it just completely refused the connection. So, it's really so you can set up the wallet. It depends on the wallet set up max. Yeah. Fees. Yes, let me maybe come, come in here. What, what would be possible in principle, but I guess no wallet implements that, is that, uh, that I mean, what, what happens is that your wallet goes out, tries to, okay, there are these five options, uh, goes through them one by one until it finds one which, which can do the transfer, right? You only know the capacity, you do not know the current set of the slider, so you have to ask, is this possible, yes or no? Uh, and then also knows what the precise fee is. So before you sign anything, before you send anything, uh, you would know precisely what the fees are. But since you have to uh, typically have to, to try 10 different ones uh, before you know that, the, the typical user experience is that, that your wallet will show you, hey, I suggest that I try to find something with this maximum amount of fee. Is that okay with you? Then you say yes. And then, uh, then it goes until it finds one with, with yeah, which abides by that fee. And if so, does not query you again for your user input. That would be a bad user experience. But that information is in principle available before you do the transfer exactly, not just as a, as a range. Any more questions? Okay, and um, thank you very much. I had some fun, I hope you did too. This episode was brought to you by Crypto Finance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at cryptofinance.ch.